And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Every day, Joe Biden and I talk about and work together with our partners, like former leader lawyer, current leader lawyer, um, to lower the cost for the people of our nation, because you are a leader, for working families. This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu does America. Use the code STU10. Save 10% at stewdoesmerch.com. If you're watching on YouTube, well, you can like the video right now and you can save 100% because it doesn't cost anything. Uh, do that. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Do all the things. Rob Eno is here to answer a simple question. What the hell is going on with the media? Very weird time for all of us. Non-binary luggage thief Sam Brinton gets caught red-handed or whatever the non-binary equivalent of that phrase is. I don't know. Did I say something offensive there? But we start by doing the end of the Biden era, question mark? Yes, it's true. We could be there. Are we there? Politico is saying we might be there. Politico has his headline, Biden may not run. And top Dems are quietly preparing. And this is the part of the show where I remind you how news works, because a lot of people have this idea, because you've seen it in a million movies, right, where someone gets a a strange tip in the mail, and they hunt down a story. They relentlessly work their sources until they can figure out what's going on, and they put their nose to the grindstone for hours and hours and hours, and eventually a big break happens, and then they have the big triumphant scene where they publish the story, and everything in the world is saved. That's not how it works. Now, it's worked that way maybe a couple of times in our entire history. Probably the things you're thinking of when you think of the movies that you've seen this whole scenario play out in. But here's how 99.9% of the news works. Somebody involved in the situation wants something to be out there, so they tell the reporter and the reporter just types it. That's typically how news works. So, like, if you have a headline like this, Biden may not run, and top Dems are quietly preparing, you can be sure that someone from either the Biden administration or, more likely, one of the potential opponents came to him and said, hey, what's going on here? How come he's not announcing? We should press him on this. We should get it out there that maybe he won't run. And then the things that I'm doing behind the scenes will seem to make sense and not seem disloyal to this 80-year-old buffoon who might be our candidate once again. That's what's going on here. People who are in opposing campaigns, uh, maybe some people in the White House who are like trying to figure out if they need to go find a new gig, they leak to the press. Hey, you should write a story about how come he hasn't announced yet. Have you noticed he hasn't announced yet? Maybe we should put that out there. And then they build off of that, fill in a couple of quotes from whoever you can get on the record, and you move on from there. Let me give you the story here and uh, set, a, to set this up. The question, of course, being, and it's a question we've all talked about and asked for many years, will Joe Biden run in 2024? The reason we ask that question is because he's an incoherent buffoon. And it doesn't seem like that person should run for president, but yet he seems to indicate over and over again that he will. However, it is notable that there has been no official announcement and no official moves 
yet to make that happen. Here's what Politico says. A decision from Biden to forego another run would amount to a political earthquake not seen among Democrats in more than half a century when Lyndon B. Johnson, one of our absolute worst presidents, paired his partial halting of the U.S. bombing of Vietnam with his announcement to step aside, citing deepening, uh, deepening division in the American House now. Now, we, we should also point out he did not cite this, but it was true. He basically ruined the country. Remember with that interview we did, I think, with Brian Riedel uh, earlier in the week, and he went through all of the debt problems that we have? Almost all of that is Lyndon B. Johnson's fault. He sucked in every way. That's just a total side story. Nothing to do with this particular announcement, although Biden also does suck, so there's some symmetry there. Uh, while the belief among nearly everyone in Biden's orbit is that he'll ultimately give the all-clear, his indecision has resulted in an awkward, deep freeze across the party in which some potential presidential aspirants and scores of major donors are strategizing and, of course, developing a plan B while trying to remain respectful and publicly supportive of the 80-year-old buffoon and that happens to be in the White House right now. To uh, the surprise of some Biden allies, they say he has taken only spare, talking, talked only sparingly about a possible campaign. Three people familiar with the conversation said his daily focus remains the job itself. Except for the occasional phone call with an advisor to review polling, he spends little time discussing the election. I don't know if I'd buy that. Uh, while First Lady Jill Biden signaled long ago she was on board with another run, some in the president's orbit now wonder if the impending investigations into Hunter Biden could cause the president to se- uh, second guess a, big, uh, a bit. And th- this is one of the things that happens. They're trying to get this start, this story started. They're going to Politico and saying, you should say maybe this Hunter Biden thing is going to go badly. And I don't know, maybe is he really ready? And he's not really focusing on it. What's going on? Create this sort of uncertainty. You know, this is going to come from someone who wants, you know, I don't know, somebody else to run. We're going to give you a list of some of the people who might run in a second. And wow, that's a scary list. Uh, Political finishes up. People in the president's orbit say there's no hard deadline or formal process in place. Oh, good. For arriving at a late uh, launch date decision, according to four people familiar with the president's thinking, a final call has been pushed aside as real world events intervene. Again, he can't do his job in normal times. When something bad happens, he really can't do his job. So you can understand if he actually cared about doing a good job, why this would get in the way. But does anybody believe he cares about that? What's interesting about this is, you know, he's putting any potential challengers at a real disadvantage. This might be why he's waiting, right? If he announces now, um, then uh, he will kind of put everyone, I think the big challengers, off to the side. Uh, many of them have said they will not run against him. Um, but as he waits and waits and waits and waits and waits, weird things happen. Like people can't raise money. If he's not going to run, they can't get... Uh, their their campaigns together. Another big part of this is a lot of uh, these potential challengers have situations where they're keeping their major aides still on. There's these people who are highly paid, would normally go to another presidential campaign. They're having them kind of stick around. Why don't you stay with me for a little bit? Let's see what happens. Let's see what how this plays out. So this is sort of one of the reasons why we also this week, again, not a coincidence, got the top 10 Democratic presidential candidates for 2024 ranked. This is from the Washington Post. These two things in the same week, just not a coincidence, right? We're into that period. Sure, we're getting to that period where you're starting to think about this a little bit more. But the Democrats are leaking these stories to the media to try to create the environment in which Joe Biden does not run. They know what you know which is Joe Biden is not a good president and he's not a good candidate. 
they're scared of what happens if he's the guy. Now, they all think they can beat Trump. So if Trump is to win on the right, they all feel very confident that Biden can beat Trump again. But anybody, they, they're not confident about beating DeSantis. They're not confident about beating anybody else that might run as a Republican candidate. So they're nervous about this. And they think if, let's say, DeSantis is the candidate on the Republican side, they think he'll likely beat uh, Joe Biden. Now, again, I'm not judging there. That's what they thought back in 2016 as well. They were all rooting for Donald Trump and then they wound up losing. So I'm not judging their uh, accuracy of these claims here. But what I am saying is this is the way these people think. They think if they can get Trump, anybody can beat him. If they get anybody else, they're going to be in real trouble, especially if Joe Biden is the guy. If they can get somebody else to step in that might have a little more energy, a little more vigor, then, well, uh, maybe there's another outcome. Um, now, so the top 10 presidential candidates for 2024 from the Washington Post, they start off with an honorable mention. These guys didn't make the top 10, but let me give them to you anyway. Others worth mentioning, G- Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. I mean, come on. This is uh, who? Gina Ra- No. Uh, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Why, did he kill enough old people to qualify for the presidency? I don't know. We'll have to worry about that. I'm not sure how many. Uh, he's the only guy who com- competed with Andrew Cuomo through COVID. So I don't know. I guess, yeah, he's obviously a presidential candidate. Uh, Sherrod Brown from Ohio, again, sort of a moderate uh, Democrat, or at least proposed to be moderate. He's usually mentioned in these conversations, though he's not exactly dynamic. Cory Booker, who failed last time. Mitch Landrieu, the former New Orleans mayor. I mean, come on. Uh, Ro Khanna from California. He's a big Bernie Sanders uh, supporter. Uh, but if Bernie doesn't run, maybe he'd be a potential candidate. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper, Representative, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, of course, I, obviously she's, you know, she's obviously an idiot. We all know that. Um, she's got the IQ of a carrot. We understand who AOC is, though she's got a big presence. She's very famous and she turns 35 like three weeks before the election. So she actually does qualify for a 2024 run. Keep that in the back of your mind, especially if someone like Bernie Sanders does not run. Uh, Then you have um, Elizabeth Warren, who's saying she's not going to run, but she's still on the list. Joe Manchin. I mean, I don't think Joe Manchin's a risk at at all of, of uh, going to for the presidency. Maryland Governor Wes Moore. This is a guy who you don't know. He's been in office for a short time. But man, he is the hot, he's the hot new cheese. He's the hot new cheese on the left right now. They love their Wes Moore. They're saying he's a big, he's a big uh, contender. Now he's been in office, I mean, seriously, like almost no minutes. But he's already ready, apparently. Um, Mark Kelly from Arizona, who, I mean, look, Mark Kelly has an interesting profile on paper. You know, you got the astronaut thing. His wife was shot in a terrible tragedy. Uh, you know, he wound up, he has won, uh, he did win uh, the election against uh, Carrie Lake in a very close election. But if you watch that, the, one of the reasons why everyone was like, Carrie Lake couldn't have possibly lost that election. Part of that is because Mark Kelly sucks. And he's really not dynamic. He, he has got a much, he's much better on paper than he is in reality. Uh, so again, he might be someone you could see potentially as a VP candidate, but no way is he a presidential material. Raphael Warnock is another story. He's won two, uh, two elections in Georgia now, a purple state. And he is a, a communicator, if nothing else. I mean, he's obviously spoken in front of um, you know, uh, churches for, for his entire life. The left does like him. He seems way too... A liberal for the average person in my mind. But again, he did win twice in Georgia. And finally, uh, Julian Castro, who has had a, he has a zil. They keep saying he has a, a future. He does not. They, they just keep trying it. They keep rolling out the Julian Castro thing. It's not going to happen. But that's a whole other story. So those are all people outside of the top 10. Did you see a good bench there, though? Were you like, wow, that's a good group of potential candidates? I did not either. 
Okay, so let's go to the uh, top 10. Here we go. Number 10 is J.B. Pritzker. Now, you don't know who J.B. Pritzker is unless you happen to live in Illinois. He's the governor of Illinois. J.B.'s uh, main qualification to be on this list is his, his pocketbook. The guy's got a lot of cash. He's, a, I think, a billionaire. He's got a lot of money. He's willing to throw a bunch of his money at a race like this. And while he's not even all that popular in Illinois, I mean, he's, he's not known as a dynamic guy, he really thinks a lot of himself. And it's very possible he does jump into this, especially if Biden does not run. Number nine, Josh Shapiro. Now, Josh Shapiro, you may know as a guy who's been in office. He, he came into office during the NFL playoffs, and they're already talking about him as a 2024 candidate. He's done absolutely nothing. Uh, he he won a race handily in a purple state over a, a very flawed candidate and really has not done much of anything, though he does seem to have a bright future, at least among Democratic uh, 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 analysts believing uh, so. Number eight is Bernie Sanders. And this is an interesting one because Bernie may very well run again. He ran last time. He doesn't mind challenging incumbents. He doesn't mind putting himself in the way of the Democratic train. He doesn't care about the Democratic train. You might note he's not actually a Democrat. He's currently an, an independent and just changes to become a Democrat when he feels like running. Again, probably no one thinks more of Bernie Sanders than Bernie Sanders. The dude loves himself, thinks he's awesome. So the chances of him running, it's not a it's not a zero percent thing, especially if Biden, if Biden drops out, and does not run. I would expect Bernie to get in yet again. And he's one of these guys that, look, will get double digits in a lot of polls. He'll probably start in second, third place among Democratic possibilities. So if he has that, he's going to go. Why not? What has he got to lose? Uh, number seven, Amy Klobuchar. Come on now. I mean, do we really have to do this again? We all we all saw this last time. This was not this did not work. This is this was not successful. This is just like, are you going to really roll out? You know, are you gonna, are you going to try this again? Really, is Daniel Jones going to be your quarterback for another year? Really, it's like it's that type of thing. <laughs> Anyway, okay, number seven is Amy Klobuchar. Number six, Gretchen Whitmer. Now, Gretchen Whitmer, not really uh, successful uh, as a governor. She had a lot of pushback in her state for her COVID policies, got caught, you know, breaking her own rules. This is kind of a common theme among blue state uh, Democrats, though. She won her election in, I would say, by more than expected. So that's kind of her claim to fame here, though. Really, that election was not about her. It wound up being about some, uh, you know, some of the it's probably the clearest state or one of the two clearest states where the Dobbs decision, Roe versus Wade uh, reversal, was a big factor in the election. Uh, So I think she's she she swam with the current a little bit. And I don't think she's a real threat, uh, but she's out there. Number five, Gavin Newsom. Now, Newsom, uh, you remember him from the uh, the movie American Psycho. Uh, He uh, he's he did a terrible job, also got caught breaking his uh, own rules during covid. He's very, very slimy. Uh, He's constantly, you know, sleeping with his best friend's wives. He's just he's just one of those type of people. And uh, he really you I mean, you think Bernie Sanders loves Bernie Sanders. Gavin Newsom adores Gavin Newsom. I mean, this guy thinks a lot about himself and he's like running ads in Florida for no reason. Like, why is Gavin Newsom running an ad in Florida other than to raise his national profile? He wants to run for president. He I can tell you this right now. He will run for president. Will it be in 2024? That's the question mark. But he thinks so highly of himself, eventually he will be in this race. You know, there's, a, there's sort of the Ted Kennedy question here. Kennedy jumped in. Uh, the question is, did he jump in too early, uh, tried to uh, unseat an incumbent? 
If Joe Biden runs, I think there's still a chance that Gavin Newsom jumps in this race and tries to snag this presidency. He's not really a he's he's going to be able to go much more left than uh, than uh, Joe Biden would be able to. Uh, now, if Joe Biden has governed as almost a socialist, but Gavin Newsom will call him out on every little thing he didn't go all the way on. And he's going to I mean, he's you know, he's talking about every liberal wish and dream uh, that has ever been conceived has been attempted at least to be put into play by Gavin Newsom in California. He's been grooming himself for this run for the past two years. So it's very possible, even if Biden runs, that Gavin Newsom jumps into this race. We'll see about that. Number four is Jared Polis. And this is an interesting pick by Washington Post. Uh, Polis is kind of an interesting character in that he's a little out of step with the Democratic Party as formed right now. He's the governor of Colorado. I would say almost no one outside of Colorado knows who he is. He has almost no national profile whatsoever. The one thing that I think is if you want to talk about a claim to fame for Polis, it was being if you take the the scope of Democrats during covid, he was on the more sane side of that. Now, that's still insane to me, (laughs) but he was kind of one of these people who was like, look, you know, we they still he still had a lot of shutdowns. It was not like Florida. It was not Texas. But once they got they got they got the vaccines out there, they're like, all right, that's enough. You know, you get, you get your vaccine. Everybody goes back to normal life. They tried to basically cut off the crazy in early to mid 2021, where many other blue states let that go all the way to early to mid 2022. Uh, so that was something he earned some uh, some attention for. He's also been kind of known as more of a common sense guy. And that's a profile that can work in a general election. But Polis really has almost no, no national um, uh, spotlight at all. I mean, really, he's no almost no one knows who he is. He's the type of person, though, that if you had a let's say Biden doesn't run and Gavin Newsom wins or uh, maybe uh, some other you know, really far left person wins. Polis is the type of guy you could see being picked as a VP potentially. Um, and it's in a I would say it's a blue state at this point, but it's a purplish state. Number three. This is hilarious. But yes, number three, not number two. Number three, Kamala Harris, which is amazing. The Washington Post saying the sitting vice president is not even in second place when it comes to the potential next nominee. And I think the most difficult part about this, because we can all look at Kamala Harris and recognize immediately that she would be a terrible president and and no one seems to like her, right? Like she does not have any likability at all. She's the type of candidate that you'd run from if you had any chance. And look, Democratic voters did run from her when she tried to win in 2020. The problem here is the Democratic Party has to say, well, guess what? You know how we put the uh, first black vice president, the first female vice president in office, the first South Indian vice president? I can't remember what they give South Pacific. Uh, I don't remember what the, they had like a bunch of firsts with her. You had all these firsts. And now now that it's time to give her the real job, we're just going to pass her over. That's going to be an interesting argument among Democrats. Really, you're going to pass over Kamala if Joe Biden doesn't run? Really? That seems surprising to me. It would be it's going to be a really fun gymnastics competition to watch, though. That I will tell you. Number two, and this is the most hilarious one on the entire list. He's in the middle of nonstop catastrophes. He's handled them all poorly. And the bench is so bad that number two is Pete Buttigieg. I mean, how on earth is that possible? Yes, I know. He checks the box. Hey, we have the first gay president. I know. Democrats really, really, really want to say that and talk about the glass ceiling or whatever 
thing is in the ceiling for gay people? I don't know. Is there a, a certain ceiling? Is, are, is that all glass ceilings? I thought that was only women. I don't know. Whatever ceiling it is that he would be breaking. Yes, they want the points for that. They want the intersectional Olympics points to be able to put that on their resume. But, I mean, have you seen Pete Buttigieg try to do any job? Everything he does has been a failure. So that's kind of a problem when you want a presidential candidate. Yeah, you know, he can, he's very boring. You know, yes, he typically will come out and say a bunch of blather that doesn't get anybody's attention, but you're supposed to try to get attention for your ideas. So he's number two, Pete Buttigieg, who's failed in every way. But the most, I guess the most important part here is the most likely thing to happen is the most boring thing that could happen, which is an 80-year-old blabbering, you know, word-slurring, incoherent Joe Biden runs again. Uh, He's the number one on their list and should be number one on their list because so far, despite the political article, there's no indication that he doesn't want to run again. He wants this. And, you know, the presidency of the United States of America is still the most powerful person in the world. If he wants this, even if he is incoherent, even if he gets worse, the most likely outcome is that he will be their nominee. It's going to be really hard to take him out of that job. So there you go. Top 10 from the Washington Post. Uh, Joe Biden. I mean, what a terrible bench that is. You think there were, you get to, sometimes you get a little depressed, don't you? When you're looking at the Republican candidates, you're like, I don't know. Do they really have what it takes? Look at that field. I mean, look, it's one of those things that we might not have it so great, but at least we're not that guy. You know, you go through life and you got a bunch of gifts you got to buy for people, whether it's holidays or birthdays or Mother's Day or whatever you have. And these things come up and you you might not know what to get them. That's why GenuCell exists. That's at least what I believe, because I get GenuCell for lots of people. This is the best in skincare. And no matter what your skin issues might be, whether it's dark spots or skin redness, maybe a sagging jawline, Everyone's got skin problems, and GenuCell works for men and women of all skin types. Uh, you know, a lot of people, every once in a while someone says to me, well, I'm not going to get the GenuCell for somebody, and then I'm telling them that they have dark spots and wrinkles. No, 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 no. It's just the best in skincare. It helps those things, but it's just going to come in a package that says, hey, this is great for your skin. 12 hours guaranteed results or your money back. So this is not something you're risking on. If you're buying it for yourself, you're going to put it on. You're going to know right away. GenuCell's most popular package includes their new probiotic extract moisturizer for visibly healthier, more youthful looking skin, absolutely free with every most popular package order. If you go to genucell.com slash stew, genucell.com slash stew, get a surprise savings at checkout right now. And for a limited time, any subscription order that includes a free beauty box, that's uh, going to get you a free shipping as well. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash stew, genucell.com slash stew, genucell.com slash stew. Joined once again by Rob Eno, Blaze TV's resident media critic. Rob, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> good. Although I, I, I will say I'm in a weird place with the media right now. I, it's they, they're very strange. They're acting even more strangely than than normal. Before we get into just the basic degeneracy of this, I'm I'm stunned at like how long term stances ha- are just being reversed right now. Like every ever since I've been watching the media, every time there's a chemical spill, right? 
immediately everyone turns into Aaron Brockovich and everyone's saying how like, oh, we need to go rescue these citizens. We need to make sure that we're holding all these big companies accountable. Then when this Ohio train uh, derailment thing, everyone's like, ah, who cares if Pete Buttigieg doesn't show up for multiple weeks at a time? Who cares? What's the big deal? And this company said all the air is fine. Just go back to your homes, you stupid hicks. Right. And, and what is this? Yeah. And, and, you know, the mask was going to stop you from getting coronavirus right. just in the middle of a field in pristine Wyoming. Right. But the clouds of toxic smoke yes. that then rained down on my friends' cars in New England and left a slime on their cars was perfectly fine. You know, burning stuff that creates phosgene, which is mustard gas, mm. completely fine. Totally fine. No right. one seems and, to be worried it, about it. It goes to who's in power. Mm. It's the same thing with why Clinton got a pass way back in the 90s with Monica Lewinsky, right? He got a pass from the media because he was a Democrat and he was Mm -hmm. doing good things for women. And he was the first black president, if I remember correctly, and all of those Mm -hmm. things um, that the media loved about him. So he got a pass and it took the Me Too movement for them to kind of look at him, but he still gets a pass, right? Yeah. He still gets to teach master class courses. If you've seen in your Facebook feed, yeah. you know, you can learn from the best. You can oh. learn from Bill Clinton. But I mean, that's what it is. If this had happened under Donald Trump, there would have been 24-7 news coverage of this. And we wouldn't have heard anything else. But instead, they contrive a Chinese balloon to follow for like a week to make us not even think about it. Right. (laughs) This thing happened on February 3rd. I know the train crash thing weeks. None of us heard about it till February 10th. I had no idea this was going on for like seven days later because we were following a stupid Chinese spy balloon. (laughs) Right. It's just it's it's And the other thing is, have you heard anything about COVID-19 in the past three months, in the past two months? No. I Absolutely zero. I, I have, it's insane. I have to say, I've 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 got no interest in the COVID stories either. anymore. I just like I don't. But they don't uh, even talk uh, about it. Like it, yeah. it was the thing that was going to kill everybody. Yeah. They don't talk about gone. it. Yet I still need to wear a mask when I go to the doctor's office. Do you really? Yeah. I, it's funny because every, every once in a while you walk into a place and it's like they're like, "Can you put on a mask?" You're like, Wait, "What year is well, this? But, did, yeah, I, yeah. did I go through a time portal?" Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad you brought up the Me Too thing because I want to touch on that for a second. The the reason why the Me Too movement is a thing, right, is because you had this social media thing break out and then the media really embraced it. And they started taking up this mantle and they they spoke to all of us as if they were our betters. Right. Mm-hmm. They were the people who respected women. They cared about women while all these you know men were all terrible. And we kept pointing out like. All these guys seem to be like Harvey Weinstein, all big Democrats and like right. media people. And like, but you guys don't seem to be acknowledging that part of the story at all. And as we've gone past this, now we keep seeing over and over and over again these controversies that would qualify as Me Too violations and in another era. But now they're happening at the institutions that were bringing this to our attention in the first place. We just saw this at CNN. One of Jake Tapper's producers apparently had some sort of level of Me Too violation. He got fired. There was a, another CNN producer who was tied up in, like, child porn, an ABC producer who allegedly was tied up in child porn as well. You know, these people have as much or more shady activity going on than any other aspect of society, yet they're always talking to us about how wonderful they are. Right, and it goes to why they they believe the things that they do, that we're bigots when we bring up that women are women and men are men. Yeah. Um, it goes to all of it because it, they, they, they live these weird lives that are behind closed doors, 
And there's people on, on the right that do the same thing. Sure. I mean, you know, Bob Packwood comes to mind mm-hmm. way back when, right? There, there are people that closet themselves in things like that. But there, there are, it's just the Northeast elite corridor, that D.C. to New York to Boston corridor, is filled with a ton of degenerates. And they think <laughs> it's normal, right? So they think it's absolutely normal. And there's, there's, there's scandals that happen from time to time in conservative politics. Sure, of course. Quote, unquote. Yeah. With that, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's where they're at. They think they're better than everybody else. And they're just in the same parties. They do the same things. And they think that the rest of us who think that what they do is crazy, is crazy. I mean, let, let, let's give, we can give a perfect example of this. Before the Me Too movement, Mike Pence said that he is never alone with a woman that's not his wife. Mm -hmm. And the media said that that was Mm anti-feminist, that that was against, you know, that that, that it was horrible that he wouldn't do that, that he doesn't trust women. It's no, he's he would never get caught in a Me Too situation Mm -hmm. because he lives his life in a way to make sure that he doesn't, whether it's given to temptation, I mean, we all have temptation, Mm -hmm. or whether it's just making sure that you're not in a position to do that, that there are always two people that you're not going to do it. And the media thought he was crazy. And now you've got people like Jake Tapper's producer that gets into Me Too movements. You got people like Matt Lauer, who apparently his office was a sex dungeon <laughs> with, a, with an escape with a locked door in it, right? You have all of those sorts of things that happen, but we're the weird ones. Yeah, and, and we're the people that, yeah, it's crazy. And you're right, of course, there's weirdness. On, on, yeah. I mean, there's degenerates on both sides of the aisle, but like the most prominent Me Too example uh, recently on the right has been Matt Gates, who I, I mean, I, I'm in no you know, particular position to judge Matt Gates's moral character. I don't know what he's doing, right. but they couldn't find anything on the guy. They ran him through the, the ringer for months and months and months and months, called him, a, you know, a, 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 a pedophile. Right. And then at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, we couldn't find anything on that. Sorry about it. It's like, well, wait a minute. You've already destroyed this guy's life. He destroyed his reputation based on allegations. And he could he he came back from it. He won. Mm-hmm. Because people on the the right saw it, you know, people I mean, who voted for him winning saw it in that for what district it was. isn't all right. that. You know, I mean, he's going to win no matter but look what. At, look at Lauren Boebert, who who barely won. There's yeah, rumors going now she had to go on. She went on some weird thing saying that she wasn't an escort before because there's people on the left saying that she was a sex escort in her past life mm. and things like that, yeah. which she obviously wasn't. Right. She got up and said that she wouldn't, but that's a whole Me Too thing. It's it's using that against the female that you don't like. It's it's things that we would never think of doing because we're good human beings that these folks do all the time. It's, you know, Don Lemon saying that <laughs> that 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 Nikki Haley is past her prime. Yeah. I thought we weren't supposed to say these How sorts of things. How could that possibly be okay? Right. And, and, and Joy Behart saying that Nikki Haley's in the same generation as an 80-year-old silent generation right. person. Right? <laughs> so weird. The, so what's going on with Don? Do we know? I mean, he came back, I guess. He came right? back. He, he did he, he had a whole day of intensive training right. on how a not to formal be Formal training, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Formal training on how not to be an arsehole. I mean, yeah, he had right. a whole like like that was the whole thing. I mean, it, it's is that a master class too? I don't. I, I think that's okay. a master class. That's given by Harvey Weinstein from jail. Okay, it's like don't do what <laughs> don't I did. Don't do what I did. Okay, um, but no, it's just it's insane to me 
I think Don Lemon just doesn't play well with others, right? Like, like he had his own show. He was the king of his own show. He can't believe that these women that are underneath him that he's supposedly better than would have the gall to, you know, interview somebody in a manner that he would not interview them because, you know, CNN is trying to rebrand itself as a moderate, not politically opinionated network. Mm-hmm. How dare you have this person on and ask them, questions that I would not have asked them and make them look in a good I mean and then you get to the whole Nikki Haley thing with Pastor Prime he's just it's it's an arrogance and he's just upset that he has to work with people that he feel, feels are beneath him I don't know if it's a sexist thing with Don Lemon it could be like a, a, a 35 year old guy that dared to ask a different question right it comes across as sexist because of the people that he's working with but i think that's more about he doesn't like to not be the person in the spotlight and he's been asked to be somebody on a team yeah and 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 i think you know the thing with him what i I find really interesting particularly with don lemon is he's also not good by himself like there's never a time where he's a good host Right. And he's one of these guys that survived for a really long time. I think Chris Cuomo is right in this group, too. It's like if you have, you know, a superstar player, you'll put up with all sorts of crap because they're performing, right? Like they're, you know, they're throwing for a lot of yards, throwing for a lot of touchdown passes. They're scoring a lot of points, whatever that, whatever that is. And you put up with it because, you know, they might be a disaster in the clubhouse. They might be talking to the media. They might be tweeting things that, may, that, that hurt team chemistry. But they're, such, they're so good at what they do. It's just not the case with Don Lemon. I mean, he's objectively bad at his job. And for whatever reason, he's remained there forever. And they've made excuses after excuse after excuse as to why his performance sucks. And now they've moved him to a whole new show, which he didn't deserve. Uh, and now that's bombing, too. He's, he's offending everybody. And they, he's still there. Why? He checks boxes. He's a minority LGBT member of the CNN staff. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that Corinne Jean-Pierre said today. She got all excited um, talking about, I, I think it was today in the press conference today, she got all excited talking about how there's the most number of women LGBT yeah, members. This is what they N- Nothing yeah. about whether or not they're qualified. Yep. Like Pete Buttigieg is obviously not qualified like I, I would like to FOIA the records of him actually showing up to the office. Yeah. Like, like, like this might have been the first day that he showed up to work since he's had the kids. Right. Like, like probably. Yeah. Uh, he certainly doesn't seem like he's doing anything, though. I do. I do expect that if he was showing up to work, things would be going even worse. I think well, maybe. I, you know? maybe, maybe. <laughs> impossible. It's possible. Um, let me ask you this one other one, because I'm just perplexed by this one story. Uh, the two hosts of Good Morning America that were in an affair. What is it? Holmes and yeah, Robach? Yeah. It's, I don't even it's, know their it's Good Morning America 3 or something right. like that. It's like the, it's like the, the, the it, you know, you, Good Morning like America, you get the Ocho. one after yeah. for the channels that don't have live with Kelly and right. Ryan. And okay. then they go on to like the third one, which actually I don't think is even in the morning. It starts at like 1230 like 12 okay. p.m. Yeah. So it's like the afternoon because all my children isn't on anymore. Right. Like okay. that. Whatever. Yes, so that, I don't that, even yeah. like I've never watched the show in my life. I didn't know who either of these two people were by looking at them. And I guess they catch them in the middle of an affair to your point of the everybody's a degenerate in this business. And they're they catch them in an affair. They take some pictures of them around town. 
And I don't know if it's just like, I don't know if I mistakenly clicked on a, a story and like the algorithms are feeding this to me, but there's a new story about them in a new location every day. Like as if it's like Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio and his new girlfriend. Who are these people? Why is everybody so fascinated with this? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know who watches this stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, think of this. They're below the lineup of The View. Like The View comes on before them and then they come on. Like it's... Mm. Insane to me, who, who, I, but it goes to the point where, you know, this has probably happened in the media since time immemorial, yeah, right? right? That, that co hosts, you're together a lot. It goes back to the Mike Pence, why he doesn't want to be alone with the mm -hmm. woman that's not his wife. You're together a lot, you're in meetings a lot, things happen. I mean, it's a story that's as old as time, yes. right? And in the past, these things would have been covered up, the media wouldn't have cared. But there's a Me Too movement now. And there's somebody there that got upset because they didn't get the job or they didn't get to do something. Yeah. So they leak it. And, you know, maybe one of them was a Don Lemon to his, you know, to his employees, was bad to the employees, right. treated the employees bad. So one of them gets upset and throws the whole thing out into the open and, and, and leaks it. You know, in the, I, I don't think these things are a new phenomenon is what I want to yeah. say. The I think these are things that have yeah. been happening forever. But, it, you know, if people are clicking on it, like you said, you've probably clicked on I every single have. one of these <laughs> links that gets put in your thing, which, keeps, which, which is a, a feed that just keeps going and going and going and going. If all you did was click on Clear, Care Bear links, you would have so much, like, <laughs> Care Bear stuff. Or if you were, like, one of those My Little Pony bro bros. A brony? But, yeah, yeah, a brony. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you had clicked on the brony links, your Facebook well, feed would be filled with bronies. I mean, at least it's this. Yeah, it's, it's better yeah. than brony stuff. I will say, though, uh, that what you're saying is not entirely true because I work at a conservative media company. Right. I click on conservative media stories all day, and those never are fed well, that, to me. Well, that is true. I never see <laughs> one true. story that argues for lower taxes in my feed. You know what we need is we need Deion Sanders, Colorado University, football team stuff mm. to be like behind it all of the blaze stories so that right. you get to see it there you go because that's all over yeah, my feet that's another one that, like, that is like blown up like crazy they're very good at social media like very good at social media mm. right? Deion sanders son is a social media genius i mean they are really? just very very good i started watching like one or two of them near the end of the jackson state season last year and that's all i get on my on my like my facebook feed now i get slot machine videos because i like to watch that way i don't spend money <laughs> Wait, you watch? I watch people playing slot machines, yes. That way I'm not wasting $200 a week. Somebody else is, and I get the, the feel of the slot machine. Really? This yes. is very interesting and revealing videos, about yacht you. I get videos. My Facebook feed yeah. makes it look like I'm a high net worth individual. Right. I should show it to you sometime. It's like, do you want to buy this jet? Do you want to buy this yacht? It's aspirational. They're affirmations. It is, although I don't think that people being marketed to with slot, watch slot machines are high net worth individuals. I, I just have a, just a guess. Maybe. Just a guess. I like this stuff. This is something I'm learning about you here, yeah. I hear Rob. And I guess you're learning about me. If we can have Deion Sanders and the the woman from Good Morning America have an affair in front of a slot machine, it's going to be our uh, feed we would all just, day. It would be all day. There we go. Uh, Rob Vino, resident media critic here at Blaze TV. Make sure to follow him on social media. Uh, and you can find out where he gets his links to his uh, you know, slot machine videos. Rob, I'll share so them up. All right. All right. <laughs> thanks. Back in a second. <laughs>
And, uh, you know, one of the, obviously, she's not caring about what she spends. She's constantly just, you know, leaking cash like crazy. Um, He spent $583,000 on travel expenses during the elections. That's over $150,000, about $150,000 more than Nancy Pelosi. This uh, consistently used donor funds on limousines, flights, all right, yachts, posh hotels, Including internationally. But this is, you know, I don't know how much, like, is there a rule on how much you can use from campaign dollars when you're hooking up with uh, Chinese spies? Like, what's the rule there? Is there a particular level? Like, can you, I don't know. I guess if you're hooking up with a Chinese spy on a yacht, um, then uh, then you could deduct that. But if you're doing it uh, on a plane, I don't know. It's, you know, snakes on a plane, spies on a plane, I'm not sure. Um, the There's a whole new graph out from Axios. This is pretty interesting. Uh, what what is the biggest health threat out there now? Of course, a couple of years ago, you know, these polls would be dominated by COVID, even when it maybe shouldn't have been dominated by COVID. Uh, that's gone though now. You know, on both sides of the aisle, COVID is now one, two, three, four, five, six, six place. Only six percent of people say the current greatest threat to U.S. public health is COVID. Maybe this is one. Of, I mean, this is one of the reasons, I guess, why I'm, I'm so bored of the COVID stuff. Like, I, you know, I still, I know, I know there's important things we still have to look at. I, I still keep hearing people talk about it all the time. And it's like, I, I feel like we're talking about like a historical document at this point. I'm just like, I'm just bored, honestly, of all of it. Um, now, the number one uh, thing is by far opioids and fentanyl, 26%. Now, that's not consistent among Republicans and Democrats, however. The number one for Republicans by far, opioids and fentanyl, 37% say that is the number one greatest threat to U.S. public health. Uh, it's only 17% um, tied for second for Democrats. The number one for Democrats, of course, is guns. Now, they, they believe that literally everybody dies by gunshot. I think they be- that's, that's kind of their their whole belief system. So that's way down there. They, number one for Democrats is guns. Two, uh, tied for second is opioids and uh, obesity. Uh, then cancer and COVID-19 after that. Only 9% though of Democrats say COVID-19. But, uh, things have changed, boys and girls. And uh, speaking of uh, things that are a little different, Sam Brinton. Yes, the fabulous, fabulous former head of our nuclear waste disposal who dresses like a women, woman and then eventually got booted because he kept stealing uh, women's luggage at airports. Well, he apparently stole someone else's bag, too. At least that's the way it looks. A Houston uh, designer said, hey, I was looking at some of these pictures and uh, my bag was stolen a couple of years ago. He's wearing all my clothes. This is the tweet that she put out. Uh, and it's a side by side of this very distinctive shirt that you know you don't see around all that often and then sam brinton wearing that exact distinctive shirt here's a side by side of another one of the outfits she's a fashion designer and you can see the patterns on this thing are almost completely identical it does seem like he just basically stole her stuff now i don't know it's not confirmed yet we don't know for sure but one thing we do know for sure is sam brinton looked fabulous Look, we know the economy is a bit uncertain right now, and we know you've got to spend a lot of money on, like, your Netflix subscription, your Disney Plus. Got to make sure you support all those important, uh, you know, uh, groomers in Hollywood. Um, so when you're not, uh, if, you, if you don't have any money left over, look, we get it. 
it's no big deal. We really do try to put up as much of the stuff that's on the show as possible uh, out for free on YouTube and on podcast. Lots of great stuff behind the paywall as well. Um, but hey, if you're on YouTube, we do appreciate it. Drop a comment below right now. Maybe just click like, maybe follow the show, whatever you have to do. We appreciate it. Coming in from yesterday, I was talking about the Pete Buttigieg disaster. And uh, did I say this? Did I say you're the human disaster, Pete, that happened to South Bend, Indiana? Yeah, I, I, I probably did. I did say that. Uh, uh, Jesse writes, I come for the political commentary, but I stay for the stories about mouse balls. That's a nice... Nice thought. And Pete will be putting up decorative lighting in East Palestine while also addressing their racist sidewalks. I just hope there weren't any white construction workers working on anything in East Palestine. I think Mayor Pete has got them all out of there by now. Oh, I almost forgot. The best way to support the show, blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew. Save yourself 10 bucks. We will see you tomorrow.